Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hi there. Welcome to session 107 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your day. So today's podcast is a conversation that I have actually been having internally a lot which is uh, how do you build a private practice around a calling and something that you're passionate about? You know, I think one thing I've learned with STC is that if you build a business around something that is beyond just building a business to create income, but building it for a greater cause, a greater why, as we could say, those businesses tend to be a lot more sustainable. And that's the way that I've approached both STC as well as Healthcasters. And now as I've jumped back into private practice, um, that's the same way that I'm trying to approach it as I serve entrepreneurs as a private practitioner. My guest today is Dr. Robin Rocket is a psychologist out in California in Corta Madera. And I wanted to have Robin on the podcast because I feel like she has done such an amazing job of thinking about her calling in life and building a private practice around that. As you'll hear in today's podcast, Robin is a single mom and she primarily works with moms in her private practice. But before we get to today's podcast conversation, I just wanted to take a moment to thank Perry and the team at Brighter Vision for supporting today's podcast session. Brighter Vision is this company that helps our field create beautiful websites. You can learn more at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision. So in today's conversation, we're going to cover a range of different things. The first thing we're going to talk about is how did Robin decide that she wanted to focus on serving moms? And then just a discussion about how does Robin think that building a practice around a calling impacts her as a private practitioner? This is a really interesting aspect because Robin actually, this is her second private practice that she's built. She actually had built one in a previous location. And with this new practice, she actually decided to build it around a calling, um, something that she didn't do in the first go around. And so it's just an interesting conversation I think you'll enjoy. And then we talk a lot about 
some of the ways that this creating a practice around a calling has impacted things like networking, the clients that she sees, some of the out of the box things that she's doing in building her practice. This is a really wonderful conversation. There's a lot of insight and uh, I hope you'll uh, got a pen and paper ready. You can again follow along to this conversation on the show notes page, which is at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session one zero seven. So here's my conversation with Dr. Robin Rocket from RobinRocket.com. Hi, Robin. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's uh, so good to connect with you in this medium. We're talking about a topic I think that's so important. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing your wisdom and what you've learned through your experiences. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited to be here and share it too. You know, I think for me, like one thing I've learned is that if you focus on a calling as a business owner, it makes a huge difference in how your business proceeds. And I wanted to start just by asking you, how did you decide to focus on serving moms? Well, you know, my training started back with kids and families. And so I've been working with moms in different ways for many, many years, either helping them with their kids or helping them become a mom and kind of get comfortable with that. So when I had my private practice, when I first started having kids, half my practice was kids and half of it was adults. And I found that I really resonated with with working with parents, particularly mothers, especially after I became a mother myself. Then I took a break and I started a private practice again in a different town a few years ago. And when I started to think about what I want to do the second round of building a private practice, who do I want to work with? The first thing that came to mind was mothers, because again, it's an amazing journey and it's one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. And because I love working with kids as well, it just seemed to bring out just the best of me as a person and as a therapist when I'm sitting in the room with a mom and listening to her struggles with herself or her partner or her children or her family. Yeah, there was something that was so personal about it, right? In a way, like in a good way, that line between that professional line versus personal line, like it kind of became one in a way that you could better serve them. Yeah, it's not as if I'm, you know, disclosing so much to my clients, but I do feel like they feel it from me. They feel my passion to help them, my interest and curiosity, and also that I just, I get it on, you know, a lot of different levels uh, because I am a mother myself and, and I just know what it's like. So just offhand, how do you think that impacts the work that you do with clients? The fact that they know your mom, kids, like, you know, that you get that experience. I found it it's helpful. I mean, I was psychodynamically trained and I will say, you know, that's not how I was trained was to sort of do a lot of disclosure. But after you get years of experience under your belt working with clients, you get more comfortable on what what that can look like and still be professional, but also helpful. In other words, where you can really tune into your client in a way where they feel really gotten and held in the room. And so I have gotten more comfortable sharing that I'm a mom. At times, I might even share that I'm a single mom if it feels you know, clinically relevant. And again, it's all about just really feeling like you can connect with this client and understand where they're coming from. It does provide some legitimacy. I mean, having children, you know, when you're talking to a mother, they immediately know that you get it. Yeah, I mean, I think like you're saying is like, at the end of the day, you know, we can talk about marketing, all of this stuff, right? But ultimately, people connect with people. Yeah, 
I think, you know, that's the bottom line of our work is sitting in the room and being with somebody and then feeling really understood, you know, empathized with and just really gotten in that moment. And when you talk about this was my calling, I never really thought about it like that. But I do feel like when I'm sitting in the room with these particular clients, I'm the most comfortable and I guess I just offer all the best because I'm sitting in the room listening and I can really empathize and get it. And I suppose that creates a whole extra energy as opposed to someone having an experience that maybe I haven't really experienced myself or wouldn't really understand that struggle. I may empathize and listen well, but it's different. There's like a, a bigger, like almost a, a deeper aspect to it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you this question, not to like have like some big uh, discussion, but I was just fascinated. Like, how do you think focusing on a passion or a calling impacts your journey as a small business owner and as a private practitioner? It's impacted me personally tremendously because, well, I started my podcast and my whole private practice is now around working with overwhelmed, stressed mothers and you know, when I became a mother, you realize how isolating it is, how overwhelming it is, and how amazing it is. And there's no handbook in parenting, whether it's parenting your kids or taking care of yourself or how to move through this with your partner um, and all the changes that that ensues. And so that helps drive me. I mean, it's not easy building a private practice. It's not easy marketing and networking and doing all these things. But it's like when you guys talked before about niches and I thought about, okay, what, what's my niche? What do I want to create? This just seemed the most natural to me because I just got it on so many levels and then it fired me up. Like, ah, I really want to help these mothers. I want them to know that they're good enough and that they can do this and that it's okay and that there's tools that they can learn. And, and then, you know, when, when I'm meeting with another therapist, they feel that for me, like, wow, yeah, you really like work. You know, so it, I found quickly it, it sort of, drove me in a different way than just building a private practice. The first time I did a few years, you know, years ago when I first got licensed. Did you do, you approached it kind of like when you first got licensed, you approached it differently, it sounds like? Absolutely. I really, I wanted clients. I wanted any clients. I wanted to be obviously very helpful and have my practice with kids and teens at the time. But I was also trying to fill my time during the day. I work with insurance and it was a good experience. It gave me a lot of different experiences with different kinds of clients. But I would also say when I stopped working after I had my second kid, part of the reason was part was the commute. My office was far away. We moved farther away from it. But I was getting burnt out. It's isolating, right? Private practice. And that's all I did too. I saw clients all day and I had a, like, oh, I think over 30 clients at the time. So I was, you know, doing well financially, but it was lonely and it just stretched me too thin. And so when I, a few years ago, when I wanted to build up my private practice here where I live now, I want to do this differently. I don't want to just see clients. And then who I see, I really want to be thoughtful and think about so that every moment I'm sitting with that particular client, you know, I'm ready to roll. I really want to do this work with them. Uh, you just said something that was so beautiful. Like, and I think I've slowly <laughs> picked up on this, which is just this whole journey of being an entrepreneur, a small business owner. It's not easy, right? Like, it's no. such an up and down thing. And I think especially in those moments where the down periods happen, where the valleys, valleys happened, if you don't focus on something greater, than just building a practice and creating an X level of income, right? Um, yes. It's just, personally, I feel like it's just a formula for burnout. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's where I think really thinking about 
who you're passionate about helping, you know, and in this case, it's for me, it's overwhelmed, stressed mothers and kids. I still see a lot of kids too. It's just that being a single mom, I can't have my practice predominantly be after school and in the afternoons. And so I also open the door wider toward mom. So because hopefully and potentially they also see me during the day and it gives me more kind of a wider girth. But either way, yeah, when the low times like, you know, people leave for the summer, the holiday breaks, you know, these natural, your client load goes down or you just sometimes we have a few terminations in one month unexpectedly kind of stuff. You at least know they're going to come back and everything I'm doing, I really believe in. And that's also time where, okay, I need to do some more marketing. I need to go find them. I need to put myself out there in front of them so that, you know, they can find me. That's such a good way to look at it. So this is something that I admit that I completely struggle with. But sometimes for me, it's hard to separate that boundary between professional versus family time, like when you're passionate about a topic. So... How do you do that? <laughs> like, you. <laughs> you know, some it works some days and doesn't work other days. But I do find, I, well, it might help too with kids. I mean, they really they need you to be on for them and available and just you know ready to roll when they hit the door after school. And so motivating, you know, to sort of not check the email and, you know, just kind of take a break from it. And my kids know that if I have to take a call, it's important because, you know, it means, oh, okay, mom's got something important she's got to do. Otherwise, she wouldn't be doing that right now. And then I also look at it as a modeling. You know, I just remind myself if I do want to check email, like I don't want my kids on social media and things all the time. So I've got to also sort of manage it myself. So I kind of use that for myself as a guide. Yeah, no, I like that way of looking at it. This is really random. But do you have like any kind of like a, a schedule or something like that? Like full disclosure. So, uh, you know, I have a, yeah. like an Excel, a color coded Excel document. I think you've probably seen this Excel document at some point. <laughs> uh, but like where I separate out, you know, like time for family, time for work, time for self care kind of thing. You know, do you do anything like that? I do. I don't have it necessarily written down, but for instance, I'm a, I do trainings. I'm assistant clinical director at a clinic. And so those interns might have, you know, calls that they may need to talk to me about, but they also know, you know, between the three and seven, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm, you're going to have to text me with an emergency. Otherwise I'll get back to you, you know, later that evening after the kids have settled down and gone to bed and things like that. So for me, I just know that afternoon time is meant for my kids and focus on my kids. And then, yeah, during the day, I have a couple of days I do private practice, a couple of days I'm at the clinic, and then two mornings that I work on either marketing or my podcast. I do find that's really helpful to schedule that time. Yeah, I, I mean, we were talking about this right before we get started, but, you know, things that are not scheduled usually get pushed to the back burner, even especially when it comes to our own, you know, self-care and thinking about how to build and grow our businesses? Oh, yeah. Well, for me, I have different things I'm juggling, a couple of two different jobs, private practice and working at the clinic, and then the podcast and my kids. So I feel like I have to be super efficient. If I'm not efficient in scheduling my time and really hunkering down with it and being consistent around it, it's not going to happen. Just shifting a little bit, what are some of the out-of-box ways that you've built relationships and supported referral sources for your private practice? Well, you know, with the podcast, that has just opened the door with these out-of-the-box. It's been kind of amazing. For instance, so my podcast is for single parents, and 
I put it out on Facebook that I was launching it back in October to, you know, family, friends and some colleagues. And it was really cool. I had moms come up to me on the playground. You know, we had our Halloween parade. I had one mom approach me and they just were like, we can't believe you're doing this. This is so great. We're going to tell our friends. So that was really cool. And then interviewing other professionals and experts in my community regarding different topics for single parents, that has been really neat because I get their undivided attention for 30 minutes and we get to sit, get to know them and chat with them a bit. And then I get to talk with them about a topic, which is really fun. It's just having a conversation. And that's been, you know, really great. A colleague invited me. He's a professor at a local college and he invited me to his graduate school class. And that topic that day was on divorce. And I got to spend an hour talking with these, you know, MFT trainees and, you know, about that and about my podcast. So it's been pretty fun, I have to say. Yeah. I think it's beyond just giving like a business card, right? It's beyond just stopping at a place and giving a business card and saying, hey, I work with single moms. Yeah. You know, they get quickly intrigued by it. I mean, and again, I love doing it. I thought about blogging because that's another way you could really, I think, reach people and really get, you know, what you have to say out. It's a great way to do it. But I don't really have time to sit down and, you know, manage writing a blog every week. But I thought, well, I love talking to people. I could sit down and chat. And so, yeah, it's been really amazing. And the feedback I get is people are really inspired about what they're hearing. And then I get inspired because I'm like, gosh, I'm giving this free to people who otherwise might have to pay hundreds of dollars to meet with an attorney or a therapist or a financial expert about this information. And here they are just listening to it. So that's pretty cool. I wanted to tell you this, but like, I think you just do this so well because it comes naturally to you. And this is something that I have found like in the moments I can hold on to this, which is this idea that if you build a business based on service, the other stuff, especially the financial stuff, the impact, the reach, all that stuff takes care of it. But as soon as you kind of go away from that and feel like you need to go another direction, it usually doesn't end up working out. But that focus on service, I think, is so key. Oh, yeah. And inspiring, right? Because, you know, it fires me up to build a community for single parents through my podcast and even provide it to my clients and say, hey, you know, feel free to listen to this. I think it would help you. This episode would help you with this topic that you're bringing up. It just feels good to sort of be reaching more people and giving out information that they otherwise wouldn't have access to. The time and effort I need to put into my private practice and marketing and networking, it doesn't feel quite as taxing because I'm excited about what I'm doing. Yeah, right. There's intention and there's thought behind it because it comes naturally. Yeah. It's something that you're naturally passionate about. Yeah. This is really random, but like, as you're thinking about your podcasts and doing these episodes, how do you get inspiration for those episodes? Well, how it started out was, um, the reason why I did it too, is when I became a single parent, there wasn't a lot of resources out there. I mean, you could read stuff on the internet, but, and my kids were fairly young at the time. And so not a lot of my, you know, cohorts and other friends were going through that. So I felt pretty alone. And so I wanted to create something that if there would have been a podcast or some resource like this back when I was first going through my divorce and becoming a single parent, what would have helped me, right? So I just kind of put myself back during that time and thought of the different topics and different things that would have been really relevant for me at the time and or at least helpful for me to hear and think about at the time. And so that's been the beginning guide to sort of the content. Moving forward, now it's kind of 
I'm getting more listeners. And so now I'm trying to hear more from them and say, you know, here's the things I'm doing. What do you think? And getting their feedback, but then also going, you know, what would be relevant? What would you like to hear more about and try to find that? And then I also do research, you know, online that kind of helps me see what's trending, what people are moving toward as far as right now around these different topics. Yeah, that's neat that it's been now you're at a point where you're getting feedback from others. Yeah, it's really cool. I wanted to ask you, and I've shared this in previous episodes of my podcast, but it took me almost five months to launch STC between the time I had the idea to when I launched it. And it was mainly because I was just scared of taking such a big risk. Were you scared to launch your podcast? I was terrified, Melvin. (laughs) It was completely terrifying. I mean, again, therapist, I'm psychodynamically trained. This was so, like you were saying earlier, this is so out of the box just for me as an individual. And yet I just felt like when I sat down and thought about if I want to build a private practice and I want to reach people, blogging's just, I knew intuitively that I just wasn't going to be able to do that any way that's consistent with my life right now with my kids and being a single parent. And I wanted to build a practice in a new town. I mean, I've had it a couple of years, but it's a smaller town, so it's not real easy. It's inundated with a lot of therapists. So I have a lot of competition and, you know, it's not a big metropolitan city. So I felt like I really needed to be clear on what I needed to do to reach the people that I needed to do it, you know, wanted to see, but also form a really strong referral source and network. Yeah, that's really neat. What's the number one tip that you would give to someone who feels passionate about a topic or a population that, you know, they want to build a private practice around? They need to follow it. I mean, they sit down with that passion and start writing down what it looks like. You know, what does that passion look like and how do you want to follow through with it? So for me, it was, I wanted to reach more moms. I wanted to help support more single parents. Those two things were very clear to me. And so I sat down and built you know, sort of an image in my mind of what that mom looked like, what she needed at the time, what those single parents were going through. And I created an avenue to sort of reach them, for instance, the podcast, but also my website. And I thought about who's seen them, where do they go? What do they do to sort of follow that? So using the calling or the passion to sort of drive you in the process that you've gone over in many different ways on your podcast on building your business. And when you come from that heart place, right, of sort of this is what I want to do, this is who I want to help, it'll help you get through like the terror of creating a podcast because I thought nobody else did this. You know, if I do this, I could start creating something that no one's done and start helping a lot of people. How cool is that, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think as I've had more and more of these conversations on STC, it is about building our private practices, but it's really at the end of the day, it's also about using our talents and our abilities that we've been given to help the world, to leave the world a better place, to leave it a better place for future generations as well. Yeah, that's right. And I think, I don't know, I'm like slowly again starting to realize this, which is that I think if you do see it from that perspective, right, it becomes less, it's not that you're not scared, right? Because every time I know for me, I take a new step, I'm like, uh, what am I doing? But yep. it's not that you're not scared. It's just that you see your contribution as only a small part of the bigger picture and the bigger impact you're going to make. That's right. You know, for me, it gave me courage because I thought, well, 
if I take the step, even though it's terrifying, you know, one of my biggest fears is that my colleagues would think this is ridiculous. I'm like, what? You have a podcast? That's not the response I got at all. People have been really respectful and inspired and excited about it and really touched, you know, if I've asked them to be on the podcast. It turns out that it's been really inspiring to me, but I didn't know, you know, how it would go. But I also knew, well, if I take this risk and it doesn't work, I can try something else. Mm. But at least I'm trying to sort of do something, like you said, sort of to make a difference. Yeah, I'm convinced like more than ever that at the end of the day, like we more remember the things that we didn't try than the things that we at least tried and it didn't work out right. There's a really good quote. I'm going to like, maybe I'll put it here in the outro, but uh, if I can pull it, but uh, there's a really good quote around that. But I think that idea has always resonated for me. Well, and I couldn't have done this particularly without you, Melvin, and the community of the healthcasters. Doing something outside the box like Princess Creating a Podcast is uh, very, very scary. And having a community of people to go to with you know questions or frustrations when you have technical difficulties or you know, thinking about what you want to do and getting their sort of opinion, it's just been immeasurable. So that's the other piece too, is for me, before when I had my private practice the first time, like I said, I felt very isolated. So I knew that whatever I did this time around, I needed to do it with a community. I didn't want to just sit in my office all day and just see clients. I needed to sort of be connecting with other people. There's this uh, old African proverb. It says, uh, I think the last part of it is together we go further. And I just thought it was such a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah. Robin, what are some of the best ways that folks can get in touch with you? Well, if you want to visit my website, it's drrobinrocket.com. And that's Robin with two Bs, R-O-B-B-I-N, Rocket with two Ts. You can also visit soloparentlife.com. That's for my podcast and listen to episodes. Leave a review on iTunes or leave a comment and let me know, particularly if you're a single parent out there, what kind of topics you'd like to hear about. Robin, I'm just grateful for your courage. We were talking about this before, but I think doing anything, especially like launching a podcast, launching a business, they're not easy things, you know, and I'm just grateful for your courage. Uh, Thank you, Melvin. Well, I'm grateful for you providing a community of support around it. I really am. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And uh, yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You too. Take care. Bye. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Robin. And more than anything, I hope that it inspires you and it reminds you of your why, the reason why you're focusing and building your own private practice. As I mentioned during that conversation, I really do feel like businesses that are built on something that's much bigger than ourselves are a lot more sustainable. And it impacts everything we do from the clients we choose to see, what our rooms look like, what our websites look like, the content that we create, whether it's blogging, podcasting, videos, whatever it is. I said that I was going to look up that quote. So uh, here's the quote, which is, um, this is actually a quote that I heard from Pat Flynn, which is that I would rather live a life of oh wells than a life of what ifs. And uh, I hope that today's podcast conversation, especially if you're on the fence, whether of jumping into private practice, or whether you're thinking about branching out and taking a new risk, I hope that it encourages you.
Again, you can find information about Robin and the good work that she's doing in the world at RobinRocket.com. As we wrap up, I just wanted to take a moment again to thank Perry and the team at Brighter Vision for supporting today's podcast conversation. I've gotten to know Perry here in the last uh, year and a half or so. Um, we've had multiple conversations and he's just, he is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to website building and their company, Brighter Vision. They do a lot of research into what's working in the general website building space, but also specifically for our field as well. Um, you can go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Brighter Vision and that link on that page, you'll find a link that gives you your first month absolutely free. Again, show notes to today's episode can be found at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 107. Have a wonderful rest of your week and uh, thank you again for taking the time to tune in and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.